0: From Studio A in Podcast Village, Upper Georgetown, Washington, D.C., this is the best political talk show you've never heard of. It's Backroom Politics with your host and moderator, Justin Russell. And hello, hello out there in Radio Land. It is I uh, live from, uh, or live relatively speaking. We're here in Studio A at Podcast Village. I am your host, your moderator Justin Russell. Joining me in studio, he is the former Undersecretary of Commerce for International Trade. He is the one we know as Alan Moore. Hello, Alan. Hello, Justin. And joining us in studio, which is a rare treat for us, uh, Rob the Engineer, keeping us honest. This is kind of this is kind of nice. Oh, I like it's very having, good. It's good I to like have you in here. I, I like this the vibes. Nice. And and oddly enough, running stuff from behind the glass is uh, Maddie the Engineer. Uh, do we call her an engineer or an intern? Well, she's definitely not an intern. She, she, we'll yeah, go, she's an, an engineer. engineer and Matt, maybe an extraordinaire as and, well. And, so. and, okay. Well, all yeah, right. Good. Yeah, I, I mean, but she, but Maddie the engineers run run everything behind the glass. And uh, out in uh, the snowy confines of Iowa, he is the former Joe Biden political operative, or is, is it former Joe Biden political operative? He's the one we know as Dan Lipner. Hello, Daniel.
1: Uh, I am indeed helping out the Joe Biden campaign, and so much so that the okay. office is so much noise. I had to step outside. We, uh, we got a lot going on.
0: Okay, wow, that's that's good to know. Well, we're gonna we're gonna have to hit on that uh, in in the other broadcast we do this week. But uh, thanks for joining us and joining us from an undisclosed location in the base state of Massachusetts. He is the one we know as uh, Rich Rubino. Rich, how you doing? Good, good, thanks. Ah, good. Hey, uh, lots to talk about. In case you have not seen it, because it's on every channel other than the Hallmark Channel, the Soap Opera Channel, and the Game Show Network, uh, there's an impeachment trial going on. The impeachment trial got underway last week uh, as we broadcast on a Tuesday. As of this afternoon, lots of things happening, but it did include... Uh, closing remarks coming from the president's defense team, but a lot of issues to cover here. Uh, let, let's start on the let's start on the House side, the House uh, manager side. Dan Lipner as an attorney. How do you think the House Democrats presented the case? Did they do it well, and did they do it well enough to possibly not so much sway Republicans, but sway maybe independent and possibly some right of center voters
1: well i can't speak for the independence and the right of center voters but as a as a lawyer and somebody who's been following this closely and uh, i'm pretty impressed uh Adam Schiff in particular, I think, did a phenomenal job but walking through all the evidence as they had it, as well as putting things out there that uh, using the negative space for things that the Senate was well within its powers or is well within its powers to try and subpoena that uh, president trump conveniently said that he is withholding <laughs> <Yeah>. okay <laughs> on his own <laughs> um so uh it was i i thought they did an excellent job especially in contrast to what the president's team did uh not that lawyer lawsuits isn't a thing but it also wasn't what was said well, uh, <laughs> alan, alan
0: moore how, how did how did the how did the president's defense team do overall in your opinion
2: well, they took a very different approach than than what, uh, what the House uh, team did. The, the House team tried to focus— <laughs> On the facts? Again and again and again, I will say, because it felt really repetitive. And I wasn't watching all of it, but even when I would tune in, I would hear stuff that I'd already heard or that I already knew. Um, uh, having said that, that's not a knock on on the presentation. I just think when you have so many people that you're trying to 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 keep and uh, participate, and you've got a guy in Adam Schiff who sort of has a pretty good grasp of everything, he lays it all out, and then they take turns laying it out again and 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 arguably some additional detail with some with some videos. The the. the President's team, on the other hand, uh, took a very different approach, which was not to try to dissect each and every fact that that, that the House brought up, but to take a larger argument that we've heard this all before. Y- you take it all together. And it does not rise to the level of what? impeachment and rem- of, of right. removal right. from office. And so there was a lot of conversation, uh, not exclusively, but a lot of conversation about Constitution, constitutional standards, what it, re- what is really required or what should be required. Because let's acknowledge that the senators get to decide what's required. People can argue what should be. They can talk about all the constitutional history that they right. want and they did on both sides right. but ultimately it comes down to individual choice on if they think that the sins outlined right. are, are 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 real and warrant removal and
0: i want to i want to get back to that key point that you just ended up with but richard bino your take on how uh, either the house management took care of the case or did the defense do their job
3: uh, I think in terms of the managers, I think it was really a tour de force, not only by shifts but some of the others that people had never heard of before. Uh, Sylvia Garcia from Texas being one of them. Um, I think they presented the case. I mean, obviously, I think on both sides, you have what Mo Udall used to say, that, you know, everything's been said, but not everyone's been and not everyone said it yet. And, you know, so I think for the most part, everyone pretty much everyone pretty much said what they were go- what they were going to say. They just kind of said it over and over, just like in the impeachment um, just like the impeachment of the president. I mean, everyone was getting up just to say, to say essentially the same thing on the defense side. I mean, on the defense side, um, I think the one thing that's going to really stand out for most people, and I think it's going to get a lot of coverage, is former independent counsel Kenneth Starr talking about how the nation is too obsessed with impeachment. Um, I think that, you know, Kenneth Starr was the one who was in charge of the Clinton impeachment hearings, of, of, of the trial of Bill Clinton, which of course began with you know, a land deal in the 1970s in Arkansas and somehow matriculated to perjury in a civil case about um, about involving Bill Clinton and Michael Winsky. So I think that was he was probably it was probably a message that probably has some veracity to it. But I think I think he's probably the worst possible messenger to make to make that case. But I, I also think Alan Dershowitz was very good in terms of bringing the Constitutional Convention and trying to Lay out the history as best well, as we're, as as we're going possibly
0: could. We're going to get to Dershowitz and his closing arguments, but uh, Alan Moore, you want to oh, check wait, the math wait, on this? Just yeah, I hold on, to say, hold, on, uh, hold uh, on, Dan.
2: I just want to say one thing about, about what what Rich said because I agree with some of what he said, but but I think that 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 he he misspoke when he said Ken Starr was in charge of the Clinton impeachment. Oh no, no, he, I'm sorry, you're right. Yeah, he didn't. He was not. He ran the investigation as uh, an independent counsel, a law that no longer exists right. because it was yep. so subject to lack of control and um, political bias and he and he went in many many directions and started out looking at a real estate deal called whitewater and ended up looking very closely at monica lewinsky and the president's uh, grand jury testimony and a Paula jones case and, and and and, you know, he he oversaw the this large team that wrote this report that the Senate or that the House Republicans, the day they received it without even looking at it, decided this is one hot potato that right. we're going to release to the public. So,
0: so, here's, so here's he a,
2: but 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 Rich's point, he. I thought it was a brilliant presentation from the wrong messenger. Well, and, well let yeah. me, I, I actually think that I, I agree with you. I, I, Well, no, actually,
0: I disagree with you. I think it was the right messenger. It was the wrong message. I I, I, I find it a lot <laughs> hypocritical. I guess we disagree then. No, no, we do disagree. <laughs> I, that's what I said, is I actually disagree with you. Is I think Ken Starr did probably the most amazing job on the president's defense team of presenting a credible argument. Do I agree with the argument? I mean, the basis for the argument was, okay, what Nixon did, did meet the levels uh, of abuse of power and was more than likely impeachable, but we never got to that point. But what Donald Trump did was not impeachable, although it may have been a slight abuse of power, but not impeachable. Uh, this also goes back to the question I want to lead into, and I'm going to go to Dan you first. Uh, am I the only one that saw a reoccurring hypocrisy in the president's defense team, starting with Jay Seculo, working the way down, uh, even to Ken Starr, and and most and most importantly, Alan Dershowitz's. Kind of, and again, I'm not going to quote him. I'm not going to try and quote him. There's too much there, but I'm going to kind of paraphrase. Uh, anything Donald Trump did was not impeachable, and everything's not, you know, nothing is impeachable here. Nothing you have is impeachable. Did I misread that?
1: Yeah, Alan Dershowitz, um, and I. I would be lying if I said I sat through uh, the entirety of of, of his presentation but yeah i thought it did lack credibility because essentially it seemed like dershowitz's point was nothing is impeachable um so it it, 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 dershowitz for somebody who uh used to be a pretty impressive legal scholar and and celebrated on all sides uh is taking a turn for challenging uh But can I add one additional item that we seem to have overlooked from a significant portion of the uh, president's presentation uh, yesterday? It seemed like they were trying to impeach Hunter Biden yesterday. We're going to get to that, but yeah. Which which was – crazy in 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 my mind uh because it's the, the your argument there was essentially well we did do a crime but if we did do a crime it's only cuz of this crime uh which was nuts uh but that said it, it uh, I actually agree with you Justin that that uh, uh that Ken Starr's presentation uh, was—or excuse me, not Justin, uh, Alan. Sorry, Justin. <laughs> no. That Ken Starr's presentation was was more interesting, and it from from the parts I saw, it almost sounded as though uh, he wasn't necessarily in favor of the Clinton impeachment. He did his investigation, and he uh, it, it seemed like he 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 was almost willing to say that may have gone too far. I don't expect him ever to say that out loud, but that's what it seemed like. To me. Right. Um, and so, and not to mention, Ken Starr has been tainted not only with the Monica Lewinsky issues, but his own issues uh, at, down at Baylor. Yeah. So, Baylor. Um, somebody else making that argument might not might not have had the, the, the same baggage. Right.
2: Alan Moore, you want to yeah, jump it, in? Yeah. It to try to put these points of view together, if Ken Starr had come forward and said, folks let me tell you why you should listen to me i lived through the clinton impeachment up mm. close i led the investigation i was at the time a believer in his impeachment and i have changed my mind people i have th- i it tore the country apart it didn't bring about an actual removal it did damage and I regret that I was part of it, but listen to me, because having gone through it, having been a player, having been involved, here's what I've learned, but, 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 and then said m- most of what he said. He hit it at it, as as Dan said. He kind of touched and acknowledged, I thought it was a really masterful, thoughtful presentation. I agree. But, but from the wrong person, and, because he didn't put it in that kind of context. And
0: I, I think that I think And the it focus, got everybody
2: ridiculing him. No, no, no I agree.
0: As, I agree as, with as that. was a hypocrite. And, 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 and look, let me, let me be clear. I— I respect Judge Starr as a jurist. I respect him as a practicing lawyer. Uh, I have a lot of respect for him as you know leading an investigation. What I, I what I do have a problem with is, and this is a larger problem. Uh, this is a larger problem, Rich, uh, from the Republican yep. side. Is I really get tired of the Republican side trying to have it both ways, saying on one side of the argument, look, this is a political process, anything you think about legal, about due process doesn't apply here. And then not 10 minutes later, the same speaker, because I saw this with Pam Bondi when she wasn't attacking Hunter Biden. Uh, We saw this even with, I mean, a lot with Jay Sekulow and any presentation he did It's you can't have it both ways by saying this is not a legal process, but we got to think about it as a legal process. You agree with that, Rich? Yeah, I mean, I never really
3: quite thought of it exactly that way. But, yeah, I mean, that's you know, they're they're certainly they're certainly making, I guess, contradictory claims. um, But, you know, I, I also know that they're trying to do everything they can. It's more for domestic consumption than it is for actually any members of that body, because we pretty much know how just about everyone's going to vote.
1: So I think Rich just may, may, may have gone a bridge too far because uh, we knew no, whoever, Chris how everyone was how how we knew <laughs> we knew how, how everyone was going to vote. Uh, the the other dog that hasn't barked yet on the show, the Bolton stuff, may have changed the math a bit. And we're going to get
0: to that here in the ne- in the next few minutes. But I, I, w- I want to focus in on this uh, issue that you touched on that I I think we need to dive deeper into is how much is too much? Dan Lipner, now I, I'm going to go to you now, full disclosure. Uh, you are supporting a campaign out in Iowa. Can you say who?
1: Yes, I, I, I am here for Joe Biden. Okay. I, I am not paid staff. I have come out here on my own dime, so therefore I am not speaking on behalf of the campaign. Okay, Let me, me be clear.
0: Okay, Mazel. Let, let's, let's get to this, though. I mean, so at what point does the persecution of hunter biden's personal choices and personal lifestyle and his addictions and his life choices at what point does that go overboard in the republicans and how 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 far can that possibly backfire
1: So um, I will say simply and that which most people would agree on, Hunter has had some challenges. And uh, even in his, I think it was his 60 minutes interview, uh, he pointed out some things that most folks would consider obvious. Right. Uh, All of that said, um, I actually had a supporter today that I was speaking to who said, you know, would you watch some of the coverage yesterday? And she was looking at it and was like, oh, well, it looks like, you know, I saw all the stuff about Hunter Biden and what's all of that about? And I just very patiently listened to her and said, well, what the Trump team would have you believe is Joe Biden and also acting in cooperation and agreement with the entire European Union, because uh, that's who also supported the action to oust the the uh, Ukrainian prosecutor, who is widely viewed to be uh, challenging, if not outright corrupt, who Joe Biden insisted on uh, getting fired uh, in order to release USAID, that that conspiracy would have to include uh, not just the United States, but again, the entire EU, all in an effort to support right. Hunter Biden. But
0: but Dan, let me let me let me go back to the Gee, original... Dan. Did you persuade but, her? But... That's really a that's a really a
2: solid glib uh, summary. <laughs> that is, that, that was the, pretty the, the,
1: the, the, well, but essentially, that's the argument. Um, and <laughs> the short answer is yes, it actually did persuade her because she was, she didn't quite understand w- what everything was involved with it. This is not as most normal human beings who kind of. Don't follow this stuff as religiously as as everyone else, or not everyone else. Excuse me, as in, as political insiders do. Um, they catch bits and pieces, and for the president's team to be attacking Hunter Biden and the and Vice President Biden taking actions to trying to forward his son's business interests with Parisma, uh, uh, it again, it wasn't just the U.S. Uh, Wanting, wanting this right. action to take place. Right. So it actually did. It actually did bring things <laughs> home for her. And but as far as whether or not the decency and and making Hunter go front and center uh, is a bridge too far. That's to be seen, um, though, we, though everyone at the table was a bit concerned that somebody did ask this question. And uh, the question is how that's going to land with normal human beings who aren't fully following um, the details right. of what's going right. on.
0: So but Alan Moore, as a Republican, is there any fear that there might be blowback the way that they attacked Hunter Biden from the floor of the Senate.
2: I don't see that yet. Um, I think that sadly, sadly, um, that that uh, we're going to see more, not less. Um, and I predicted. I predicted should, last week in, in attacks on on, Hunt, should, on Hunter should Biden. Should
0: there be? But I mean, I mean, the way so that look, Jay Sekulow, I, Pam Bondi, Pat Philbin went after the Biden family, not just Hunter. I'm not saying that they're Boy Scouts, but should there be? some flashback on that
2: so you're asking me if there should be or if if there's going there will be i don't think there will be yet i think that that because i'm predicting still i did a week ago i said i think at a minimum we'll hear from bolton and hunter biden as witnesses i still have that feeling. And some things have changed since then, but I believe that. Now, is it possible that if if Hunter Biden is brought in as a witness that they might overdo it? Well, it depends on how. It's possible. But I'm not expecting these to guys to be live witnesses on the floor of the Senate on television. I think it will be off-site um, and, and, and private, perhaps videotape, perhaps shared transcripts it's it's not clear. I noticed today, Lindsey Graham said everybody should go in a room and read the book and let that be the uh, or the, the the manuscript and let that be the 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 Bolton testimony. I don't see that happening, but right. it was an interesting acknowledgement that, right. that that we need to hear from Bolton. The pro the, a word about Biden because this is what this is really important. He. Made a huge mistake, which he acknowledges, taking massive amounts of money from this this gas company in Ukraine, a a place that he knew nothing about, a language he knew nothing about, an industry he knew nothing about. You mean Hunter? Hunter Biden took a big-paying role. At the same time, unfortunately, for Joe Biden, that Joe Biden was kind of in charge of the Ukraine for the Obama administration. And it created interesting questions, appearances of conflict, which were brought to Joe Biden's attention. And he chose to leave his son alone. So now they're turning this into something that does not appear to have been the case, but it looks so bad on its face that the that the Republicans are pounding on it. And I think they're going to continue to pound right. on
0: it. Uh, let's switch gears a little bit and talk about this John Bolton situation. This has gotten uh, everybody stirred up on the Senate side on the Hill. Rich Rubino, I don't know if it's a threat or the possibility of John Bolton, who has tremendous amount of credibility in the Republican Party. I mean, let's call it what it is. John Bolton had a super PAC that funded many of those folks in the Senate on the Republican side. Are are Republicans in the Senate caught between a rock and a hard spot by either taking up for the bad actions of the president that they're willing to take a samurai sword for, or trashing somebody who was a foreign policy god in many of their eyes, who's also had some pretty strong pack backing that put many of them in, in the office that they sit.
3: Well, I think you have to remember, though, that John Bolton's Republican, the Republican Party of John Bolton is more the Republican Party of the neoconservatives uh, from the George W. Bush administration. It's not the way the Republican Party has kind of transferred to during the Donald Trump administration. Um, I think it's well, it's true that well, it's true that Mr. Bolton had a pack. I don't think there are very many Republicans today that would kind of maybe Tom Cotton from Arkansas, something like that would kind of pronounce themselves as, you know, John Bolton, bellicose, hawkish foreign policy Republicans. Donald Trump has transformed the Republican party. They transformed into his image, which is at least to a certain extent somewhat non-interventionist. Basically, the only thing that he, I think he really agrees with um, with John Bolton on is probably that there needs to be a hard stance on the on the on the relationship with iran and that the obama treaty needs to be um nullified but that being said i mean i think the answer is almost every republican including folks like including some of the most hawkish members like lindsey graham and mitch mcconnell are going to be transferring over to donald trump's side because donald trump is essentially the leader of the republican party and he's the one that they're fearful of you know no one no one's trepidatious about john bolton doing it some sort of going to social media and tweeting against them but if donald trump does that and they'll have the potential for a the potential for a primary challenge in the next re and of course, the, the and of course, they also have the possibility that somebody who's some benefactor who's giving money that's connected to Donald Trump is not going to give money to their campaign. So I think that they, their loyalty is going to lie with Donald Trump.
0: Alan Moore, when with the possibility of John Bolton speaking, I, I've been hearing and uh, talking with some folks over the past couple of days since the. New York Times broke the "quote unquote" Bolton book story. That uh, we're starting to see that shift away from no witnesses, let the test you know, let the cases set as they may. To I can count ten possibly uh, Republican senators that are talking, and some we haven't heard before. Uh, Rob Portman. Uh, 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 Tom Cotton, out of uh, out of the Midwest, are are we seeing a shi- or out of Arkansas? Right, are we starting to see a shift away from the no witnesses the case is the case to? Yeah, not only is the American public saying it, but we got to hear we got to hear where this goes because I'm not going to be the last one standing when the music stops.
2: So I was never one who was convinced that there would be no witnesses. As I reminded no, 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 everybody, no, uh, that's agreed. A week but ago, I said I think there'll be at least two because I could feel this, the message. I could feel this momentum. The message from many senators was, "Let's wait and see. Let's not decide up front." That was a big controversy. That was that, the first full day. That was not day. the original, that that was like was, the original that, wording from Lindsey from Lindsey Graham. No, no, no. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. That 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 was the narrative at the beginning when, when we had eight or nine different votes on witnesses and documents ahead of time. We spent hours and hours and hours and we and, and the republicans were unified in saying no to everyone and people who were 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 in any way concerned said it's premature we're going to do it the way we did in the clinton impeachment we're going to wait and see we're going to get the presentations we're going to get the i don't you know does this impact everything of course it impacts no, but, does this, does but, this, but i don't know if it starts a domino effect well, the fact is, there were always several people who said, I'd kind of like to hear from some witnesses, um, including... But those uh, were uh, the four that we always been looking at. But others have said, it's premature to decide. There was a lot of voice on that message. And now they're, the the presentations are done. We're going to face 16 hours of questions over the next couple of days, and then... and. Only then will there be a decision. Now, I was feeling in the momentum a week ago about Bolton. He was sort of this interesting key guy. First week of January, he said, "I'll testify if I'm subpoenaed." And then, lo and behold, uh, parts of his book come out. That changes the dynamic. But I, I don't see that it's a domino effect yet. Having said that, it wouldn't surprise me. It, nothing would surprise me at this point, but this, unless unless there was no witnesses, right, because I think there will be some. I could see the Republicans unanimously saying they want Bolton, and then unanimous along with Democrats trashing but then, Bolton. But, the, but that's the only way. No, 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 no. No, not trashing. No, to have him as a witness. That and and I could see then fifty three Republicans saying, and we want Hunter Biden. So they, there, there's all this talk about a deal. I don't. They don't need the Republicans. The, the but, Republicans don't need so, an agreement. They right. don't need a deal on witnesses. If they if if there's going to be John Bolton, which I think but, there but is, doesn't John, they can also require Biden without right, any Democrats. No, but but the,
0: if to me, it seems like John Bolton, you know, being in the room begots, uh OMB acting director and acting chief of staff Mick Mulvaney, and then it just goes towards Giuliani, Pompeo, two people that the White House will literally boil rabbits in a bucket to keep from testifying in front of the Senate. Boil hearing.
2: rabbits? Is that a rabbit stew of no, some kind? That, that's or? a
0: that's a that's a uh, um, that's a movie reference to uh, Fatal Attraction. Uh, What's the take on that? I mean, to me, it sounds like, you know, it's a be careful what you wish for. You want you want Hunter Biden. okay? we'll bring in Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden says, okay, uh, on the grounds of this might incriminate me or the. I, you know, his, his, so his, his attorney him, goes right? re-
2: relevance. So, so the, 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 it's not up to them. It's up to the Senate. The Senate will decide. The, this is a, a, a an issue that people can argue about, but ultimately, hundred senators will decide on the witnesses, individual witnesses, group witnesses, one for one. There's all these but, all these conversations. Let me ask but this question. All I, the, the, the Republican, most of the Republicans would rather not hear from Hunter Biden, and they would not like to hear from anybody, but. If they're going to have to hear from Bolton, right. and I think they will, um, it, in it, it whether it's 51 votes in favor, 56 right. votes, right. 70 votes, right. I don't know. Then I think they're going to feel a duty to partly to their own party and their voters to say, and we're going to get Hunter Biden in here. Not Joe but Biden, not- Hunter Biden, because He's at the core of the whole issue relating to Joe Biden, whether it's fair or not reasonable. Uh, it it was clearly in Giuliani's mind and the president's mind that something wrong was done here. I'm not saying it was, but it was about those two guys. So Hunter was the guy. Bring him in. He's it's going to make Joe Biden nuts. It's going to drive a lot of Democrats nuts um, from a Republican standpoint. That's not a horror. Horrible- It's a terrible thing to do to an individual, but he made a horrible mistake in agreeing to take this easy money in the first place. Did
0: Joe Biden do any damage to himself or his campaign when he came out uh, over the weekend and said, if subpoenaed, I will not testify?
2: Well, he's been back and forth and back again on that issue.
0: That's the latest one we had so, as of Sunday
2: night. So I can't imagine that if he's actually subpoenaed, he will say that he will refuse. Um, but I don't think that he'll be subpoenaed, I think. In, in But I I don't know. You know, it may be that we want two or three witnesses on both sides. I just don't see them doing that because I think that looks too crassly partisan F- with regard to the to to interfering in the democratic primary process and the and the November election, right? So, uh, but, but here's, here's, I don't see it. I don't see them doing that. But if they do, if they do subpoena, if it even if it's fifty one to forty nine, I think he'll come. But
0: Alan, again, I I I I, I am confused by the by the sheer. Uh, I mean do I say that this is um arrogance of the republicans the republican defense team of saying you what what you have heard about from the house side is nowhere near as bad as and then they vilified hunter biden on many levels it, the, the what I mean at what point do we see through the whataboutism or are we not are we not going i mean does what aboutism
2: work so all of the arguments are going to go away once the senate finishes this thing who did who said what what the argument was who made the right tactical decision was the House right in the first place to pursue uh, this this way in the at this high speed, not to seek witnesses, not to seek John Bolton in the House, which they should have done. And increasingly, Democrats are acknowledging yeah, we probably should have done that and asked for expedited decisions because expedited decisions there's a history for right. and and we when when they got the Nixon tapes it took 3 weeks for the to 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 get to get it to the Supreme Court with the Pentagon papers. It took 2 weeks to get to the Supreme Court. There are expedited ways to get these issues to the Supreme Court. It's not easy, well, the, but well, in an impeachment a, this, in an impeachment process, that is the kind of circumstance that can compel expedition. I've talked about this with
0: several lawyers, uh, several who have practiced in front of some of the judges that would hear this case here in D.C. And the question is, who has the standing if if, if we bring if we bring lawsuits regarding this impeachment process? Who has standing? Well, who can who, claim
2: standing? Well, who are you saying if we bring? Well, I don't know who, who, who the we is that you're asking. You're talking anybody, about anybody.
0: If any, whether it is a Democratic senator, would a Democratic have senator have standing? Or
2: I mean, does, what 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 issue are you talking about? So, are you talking about trying to get John Bolton before the Senate?
0: uh not not just the the, the issuing of subpoenas and the ignoring of subpoenas or the calling to testify. However, that's one aspect. Uh, you've also got the aspect of the, the situation with, uh, the actual, can, can Hunter Biden go up there and say, you know what, on the advice of counsel, does he have to plead
2: the fifth or does he say, I refuse to answer? So he would have, I think a a Hunter Biden, would not be able to hide behind executive privilege claims. Not, not executive privilege. That's what I'm saying. Because I want to get to that which question is, too. Which is something that 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 John Bolton could do if he chose to. If he if he came up there, he'd say, "I can't answer that question, right? Because that converse, those conversations are covered by my understanding of executive privilege." But right. let me tell you what I did see. This. The only thing Hunter Biden can do, he can refuse to come. He can be held in contempt. He can be arrested, brought in, (laughs) forced to respond, at which point he can exercise his Fifth Amendment rights and decline to testify on the basis that his testimony might work against him. But that is hardly going to be helpful to the Democrats or the Biden family. Here's
0: the thing about this, Alan, is— when it comes out, and, and this this brings to me another interesting question is now that we've heard the closing arguments is the uh, of both sides, what role does Justice Roberts play in this? He, I, I mean, we've been he, through this before I know, but, but does does he, he become much just, more important, no, or does he still stay he, a figurehead?
2: No, he 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 will continue to to be a figurehead. The one thing he interjected himself on with with a nudge was. Hey folks, let's remember where we are and been civil. treat everybody with with decency and civility, um, and and that was brought about because senators were feeling uncomfortable on both sides with being lectured at how they were going to be complicit in a massive cover up. Um, uh, that was the Jerry Nadler piece, right? So, so it, it, it it's not. All the justice Roberts does, he will play a bigger role because my understanding of this process: senators will submit questions. The J- chief justice will read the questions, whether they're in clusters, whether one at a time. How those questions will be organized, I think that's are going to be up ju-
0: that's up to Roberts.
2: No, who's well, that up to? It it it. it 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 may be up to Roberts. My hunch is it's going to be up to the Republicans and the Democrats. The Democrats are going to say, "Here are the thirty, our first thirty questions," and the Republicans, I'm guessing, will do, "Here are our first thirty questions." Right. They're not going to just have a big old pile of questions that Roberts will say, "Oh, gee, what do we got? What do we got? What do we got?" I don't think it's going to be the, it's going to be well, like no, that. No, I, I think no, that but the I think Republicans th- does, John,
0: does John Roberts have the ability to sit there and go, "That's not relevant." I'm not going to allow that. So I am tossing
2: that one. That's just garbage. I'm guessing that that he's going to get some pretty well-constructed, well-organized sets of questions from both sides. And whether he'll go one from this pile, one from that pile, or five from here, five from there, that I don't know. And I'm not saying he doesn't have any ability— But I think that he he does not want to inject himself into the Senate's organized but partisan procedures and processes. He doesn't want to take grief down the road from the Democrats or the Republicans. He's there because the Constitution requires it and for no other reason. Not by his
0: choice. So, Rich Rubino... Are, are we seeing a similar methodology between Chief Justice Roberts and we did back when we had uh, Chief Justice Rehnquist in the Clinton trial? Yes. Uh,
3: yes, absolutely. I think Justice Rehnquist basically said afterward that, you know, I did just about nothing and I did it very well. Yeah. And that's exactly what I think Justice Roberts, other than his one instance where he kind of lambasted both sides um, and talked about and it, both sides for their behavior and talked about, you know, a 1905 case. got everyone looking at the dictionary, and, you know, what petty fogging was. Other than that, he's really has not interjected <laughs> himself. He's really been essentially what usually, you know, generally speaking, this, the vice president is the president of the Senate. He's never actually there. So usually you, and then the, the Senate pro tem comes after him, and he usually designates it to usually freshman members of the majority party, usually sit up there, and essentially they recognize right. this senator, that senator. Usually they're doing something else. They're answering fan letters or, or constituent mail or something else. Right. That's essentially what he's been doing, not answering letters, but essentially you just sit there and you say, you, you sit there. You let let people speak. You let, you let you let one person speak, and then eventually, if Mitch McConnell has a question, you say, "I recognize the majority leader or the majority leader-designee," and they get up and speak. And that's essentially what he's been what he's been doing. My guess is he's probably thinking, "I would rather be, you know, spending my time in the court than just, you know, sitting up here doing something that essentially is really kind of a pro forma role." And that's the, right. But he is not. Other than that, that's the only time he's really interjecting you, himself.
0: Uh, Rob, have, Rob the engineer, have you seen any of this? You know I've been giving an eye out every now and then as I can and it's just it's just so crazy the way that things are that the things are unfolding I I've been hearing bits and pieces here and there I'm I'm not as as plugged in as you all admittedly You're thinking we're plugged in that's funny well I mean by comparison <laughs> for sure um but but you know I do think that consider
2: that, yourself fortunate
0: <laughs> I guess so but everything I hear it just makes me wonder <laughs> what's going on Exactly that's exactly. all I can say Maddie Matt, the engineer you've been watching this at all
2: I try to stay away
3: from it because it just kind of depresses me.
0: <laughs> really? Yeah, for sure. Well, we don't want you depressed.
3: Yeah, me either. <laughs>
0: exactly. See, because that's 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 not good. Hey, uh, quick around the horn. Go or go ahead, real quick, Alan. Yeah, We've I, got just, a couple minutes. Uh, yeah I
2: wanted to just say that that I, that I, I thought that that Alan Dershowitz said something that was interesting that was that was uh, mentioned numerous times today in the wrap up. He he, of course, has his own history uh, on 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 impeachment because he he went from uh, twenty years ago um, saying of President Clinton that that you don't need a crime um, you can you can although there were there were clear crimes in the case of, of President Clinton numerous cases of uh, right. lying, lying under oath, many cases, and then clear uh, efforts to obstruct justice by lying to people who, in his employ who were going you understand to— understand that Donald Trump calls who, that Thursday. Who, who were going to appear—no, no, no, no. Who were going to appear— in before the grand jury, we're talking about people like John Podesta, Erskine Bowles, right, um, Sidney Blumenthal, and others. So, so it, it, it was it was all related to concealing his behavior with this young woman. Well, but, but there's no no one arguing that those weren't crimes. The question was whether they were sufficiently high crimes uh, or misdemeanors would, to, to 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 result. You
0: right, because we're going to go down this road a deeper way. At another time, but let me just ask you this: Do you accept the findings of the General Accountability Office in saying what happened with the withholding of funds to the Ukraine were in fact against a violation of the
2: law and a possible criminal act? So, so I mean, I've, is, I've, is, I've, that, I've, is that I, accurate? I, I have I have read that. And I've read some of the commentary about it. These are some lawyers who work for the General Accountability Office. They don't have standing. But this was the official. They do not have standing to decide what is or is not. And so far as I know. General no one so far does have so, standing. No, How do you so, say that they don't? No, 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 no. They don't have. They can call something illegal, but they don't have the standing to bring any charge or anything. No, no, that's, no. They're not. That, a, they're that, not, that, a, they're that, not an that, enforcement agency, but, but they they, they so, are. But a, there are plenty of people who are saying it, it 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 was illegal. I'm not saying it was irrelevant. It's just a world apart from from the the actual laws that Clinton broke that the that the Senate decided were not sufficient to lead to impeachment. Where I was going before with with Alan Dershowitz was saying that that he is now saying you need an actual crime, and, and there's actually, in this case, this question of whether there was a crime. But, but I don't think anybody would say that the, that the impoundment, uh, the, 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 the law that the GAO says was broken, which is interesting debate, would be enough. In and of itself. Oh, so Alan. so. Okay, no, 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 no. But let me get to the to the key point with Dershowitz, who said, and this is what I where I was going here. And it was cited again and again today. He said, even if. Everything in the Bolton book is true because, let's face it, it conflicts with what the president has been claiming and his lawyers have been claiming. The president didn't do this. But well, you understand and that said, the president and Bolton doesn't says, have a lot of the, credibility the, here. Most people believe that the president did this, just the way Sondland said Everybody was in the loop. Most Americans believe that most senators believe that they do not believe. And this was the guidance Dershowitz gave. They do not believe that it should lead to his removal. That's where we are here. We'll probably yes. hear from Bolton because politically it's harder and harder for Republicans to not we'll, at least we'll hear have, from him.
0: We're gonna we, we've got we've got like a minute left. Uh, Rich Rabino here's uh, last question to you and it's gonna be rapid fire. number one uh, do you feel that we're gonna see witnesses? are they live or are they deposed in the videotape show?
3: I'm gonna assume they're going to be they're going to be deposed and I'm assuming that the fact that someone like Pat Doomey, a pretty conservative Republican from Pennsylvania says that he would support some sort of a witness swap. I think you may see something very similar to that. Also, Sherrod Brown from Ohio, very liberal Democrat, has said that he would that he would support. Um, he well, not that he would support, but he would at least go along with having Hunter Biden testify.
0: Does, does that make Hunter Biden a sacrificial lamb for the Democrats to get what they want?
3: Probably yes. He's becoming a less and less sympathetic figure. The yeah.
2: Democrats don't have the power to get what they want.
0: There's are, not going to be a the, deal. No, no. W- let me let me ask you this question then: Do you think that the Democrats are willing to sacrifice Hunter Biden to get what they want? to hear Bolton testify about what would happen in that in that office.
2: It's not a deal that's out there. It's not a deal that's it's on a deal the table. That apparently, it's is being made. People, no, no, no. People talk about it. Think about it. The the Republicans are going to make this deal among themselves. They're going to agree or not agree to bring in Bolton. And if they do agree or not to bring in Bolton, they're going to persuade the people who want to bring in Bolton to support bringing in Hunter Biden. The Democrats don't have the ability to even play in that debate. Now, there may be. Some discussion of an agreement, but they don't—they ha- don't control it. They don't have the power to cut deals. But, but that's, that, that's why. That's what. is here's, what Nancy but, no, no, and here's Chuck where I Schumer disagree with you. To. Here's where I disagree with you.
0: You've got se- almost seventy percent of Americans, depending on which poll you say, who want to hear testimony from witnesses. You have got now over sixty percent that believe that the Hunter Biden and his Issues and the issues of his father are conflagrated by, or, or rather conflated, rather, by this, uh, the street card money show being put on by the Republicans. There is, there is still a deal, but in order to get, cause this is what is being presented by Republicans. Okay, you know what? I, uh, Pat Toomey, I, uh, um, uh, Rob Portman, I'm Sherrod Brown. I am now under pressure. I am now under pressure by my jurisdiction, which are now you're talking about Ohio, Pennsylvania, Iowa, where they are really getting really purple, really quick, and could be vulnerable. I'm saying, all right, you want to, if you want your uh, you want if you want your John Bolton, you get your
2: John Bolton, but you're going to sacrifice one biden well so so i think that their fear is that it will happen that way but that they don't have the power to negotiate and be part of it they may get their they may get their bolton yeah and they may realize and they're they're going to
0: sacrifice a biden for it
2: but they're not going to bail on bolton they're they're not going to bail on trying to get bolton in a million years
3: rich do you agree Um, probably, but I mean, you know, I do think that I still see that think there is a possibility of there being some sort of a witness of a witness swap. But you do wonder, though, in terms of the whole Biden thing, how much of this has to do with the fact that the members of the Democratic Party want, um, want Joe Biden actually be the nominee, even if they're supporting somebody else. Right.
0: Well, that's the music. Uh, that's going to end this, uh, episode of the best political podcast you've never downloaded. From here in Studio A in Podcast Village, special shout-out, thank you, uh, Charlie, Oscar, and the leadership here at Podcast Village. Always a special love shout-out to Rob, the engineer, who's in studio. This is kind of nice. we got to do this often. Maddie, the engineer, who's uh, keeping us honest behind the glass, thank you for running the board in there. Uh, Dan Lipner, somewhere in the snow-encrusted tundra of Iowa. Good luck. Travel safe. And uh, Richard Bino, thanks. thanks as always for joining us. You can download us as your favorite podcast on your favorite services, whether it is Spotify, Google, iTunes, or whatever iTunes is now. Uh, you can also go to our website, www.backroompolitics.org. You can follow us on Facebook and on Twitter. Have a great week. See you.